Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1. The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher, Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director, Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. All right, welcome to the show today. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. It's uh, going to be an exciting show. Man, it's got uh, Jarrett, your exclusive interview with Joey McGuire. And uh, we're going to actually, uh, we've got that coming up here shortly. It's a two segments, two, two, two part thing. It's, I mean, you got a good, good conversation with him. It's like 30 minutes. Well, he makes it easy. You yeah. Know, he's great. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. And, uh, and then Pete, you, uh, you got to talk to uh, Mike Leach earlier this week. And uh, that's, uh, that's always, uh, that's always an entertaining time when you get to talk is. to Mike Leach. So, uh, so we'll have that coming up on the show today as well. As Texas Tech gets ready to play Mississippi State and, you know, Mike Leach's team there in the Liberty Bowl coming up on December 28th. Uh, Keenan Ward, former Texas Tech player, stopping by today as well. All right. And, uh, yeah. All in one show? You're right. All in one show. But wait, there's more. (laughs) That's right. Don't put a price on it yet. We'll throw in a set of Ginzu knives. No, no no Ginzu knives today. But... uh, Let's see. What else? But yeah, we'll cover some uh, recruiting. As Red usual. Raider basketball, big game with Gonzaga tomorrow. That's they just right. Touched yeah, down in Phoenix. So another good gauge to see where this team sits after yeah. beating Tennessee a couple or last week. And that, that was such an ugly game right there. But they still got the W, and that's that's the important thing. But yeah, seeing them play against Gonzaga because you know I'm I'm interested to see how Tech can play against Gonzaga, and then you know look because you know the the team in Austin also played Gonzaga. Yeah earlier and got beat and it'll just be interesting to see how you know the the, the similarities or the differences in the in yep. that matchup you know and uh maybe give having you a, a hard time getting fans out to the ut ut home games really yeah yeah isn't that funny i'm not gonna lie i, I enjoyed that yeah. somebody I, there was a infamous tweet where I, I think it was like burnt orange nation or something like that said that uh his sister-in-law said hey i thought they allowed fans back after covid that it was that bad she was in town it's a great Great tweet. Wow. <laughs> it was so bad, I thought it was COVID restrictions. Well, and then he, after that one practice or whatever, the, he had all the fans come down. I mean, there's like 50, all the students. Right. And I'm like, come on, dude. It's never going to be able to recreate that atmosphere <laughs> yeah. that, that he had here. You know? Yeah. And that, maybe it's not that important to him, but it sure well, it it can't like be, it was. And, and relation, all that can't be important to him. The way he he did it. That's no, all. That's it. The way. That's the way. The way it, yeah. yeah. All the good stuff we have, though. I don't know. I don't want to focus on on uh, Coach Beard anymore. Yeah, no, I, I, agree. Agree. I just thought like man, I agree. Uh, but, they're they're having a hard time getting fans fans right uh, out there. And and like I say, you don't want to focus on that. But it is kind of fun to watch. It, <laughs> it really is. is. You can't lie. I don't know if anybody's not sitting back watching that, going, huh? Yeah. How do you like that? But you know, it's it, the problem is it's like you know, in Austin has gotten so big. That, you know, I mean, it's not a, I don't know, it's a great college town. Now, is, there, is there a lot of stuff to do for a person yeah. in college? Yes. But is it a college 
town anymore. You know, it's not what it was. Just, that's yeah, for sure. right. It just doesn't feel like it. You know, where uh, some you know Lubbock is a great college town. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas Tech is the thing in Lubbock, Texas, and you feel it. And some of these towns are just so big that there's just too many things going on. And, yeah, it's hard to get people's attention probably well, down like there. Like TCU, you know? I mean, come on. They're not even like the fifth fiddle. Yeah, it's Fort Worth, a college I, town. I, no. you know, I mean, it's I love Fort Worth. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not really a college town. I mean, come on. you got the Cowboys, obviously, and the Mavericks and the Rangers right, and yeah. the Stars. I mean, you go on and on. So Yeah, a lot of stuff, uh, you know, and, vying and for te- attention. Texas didn't make a bowl game. That's right. They want, didn't. Yeah, want to make sure everybody that. knew that. Yeah. yeah, just throw that out there. Yeah. Like that. They're certainly uh, paying players though now, so that's that's interesting. But uh, yeah, that whole NIL thing. Well, they, we're going to have to get into that at some point. I don't know if we have time today to do that. We've I'm got so much lie. going on. I've been but, like asking everybody from like tech SIDs to uh, coaches to everybody. Like I, I really have no idea exactly what's going on. People ask me like, break it down. I'm like, I can't, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out too. It, it's you know? almost like the rules are being made as we go. Yeah. Because you've got schools like Texas, you know, they're just, to me, it seems like they're just going for it and doing yeah. whatever they want and waiting for someone to say, hey, now stop it now. You can't do that. Right. But so far it looks like you can do anything. Really hey, paying the offensive later, lineman right? 50000 yeah, right? apiece. I mean, you're just, you know, it's, just, it's like a wild, wild west. And then you got other teams that don't really seem like they're aggressively right. doing anything other than just kind of doing things the way they've always done it. Right. And it's so it's it's and really weird. What's interesting you know? where tech is is and it's where it, tech should be is in the middle there. This is with talking with people and everything. Obviously, there's been heavy investment in, into the football program here yeah. recently. Um, but in terms of NIL, I mean, if you come in and you're a star and tech wins, you're gonna get paid. You yeah. know, I'm like Tyler Shucks done, done well for himself. You know, with all the hoopla and everything. And then, I mean, if you if they come in and they win, if tech wins like nine ten games and you're the quarterback or the star yeah. linebacker or something, I mean you're gonna get you're gonna make some serious money out here because right. it's the only show in town, like you said. Right, yeah. Did yeah. you hear about the the crazy nil deal for former Lady Raider Lexi Gordon? No. Unbelievable. She just signed nil, but it's next in line with the WWE. They picked fifteen t- college athletes: football, basketball. Wow baseball so she will get to go to the wwe performance center if she finishes up she's automatically going to get brought in to be a wwe wrestler and she signed that deal i wow. did not see that coming i you just started the story i thought it was nuts <laughs> it is nuts. i thought it was nuts that so that she and by the way she's playing at duke now if anybody didn't know what happened to lexi gordon okay. but she signed a deal with wwe all right, um, wow. real quick here. Um, so we're going to get on with it. We got our uh, talk with Joey McGuire coming up. Really good, man. Really getting to know him. And I mean, we got it's it's. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, coming up here in a few minutes. But uh, quickly, you know, rock and reality check for uh, for everybody. Pete, uh, how are you feeling today about Texas Tech sports? Man, uh, you know, again, it's you know, it's, you, it's kind of a lull, but it's an exciting time. I'm excited to see what Joey McGuire did. Uh, you know, I'm going to stay on the kiddie side of the pool with recruiting and let Jared stay on the deep end. But I would say business has got to be good for inside the Red Raiders because oh, what these guys have done, and I'm on the outside, Jared's on the inside, but I'm so impressed. And there's excitement. And, you know, we're coming off that excitement of beating Iowa State. We need that excitement all the time for football, and we haven't had it in, in basically 10 years. So I'm excited about that. 
I'm excited about the bowl game. I'm going to head out uh, the 26th to Memphis. I'm excited to eat barbecue out there. I'm excited for the Red Raiders tomorrow playing Gonzaga and get a good gauge about that noontime. And uh, just, you know, there's a lot of excitement uh, going on right now. And, and I'm, I'm excited about the excitement. Well, all right. That's very exciting, Pete. Jared, are you excited about the excitement? I don't know. I thought I was excited, but then I hear Pete talk. I don't know if I can top that. No, I, you know. And talking with Coach McGuire here yesterday, um, it confirmed a lot of things. Like, you know, part of what I do is I observe what these coaches do, the decisions they make, and then people ask me, you know, on inside the Raiders, around town, whatever, you know, uh, hit me up, uh, getting texts like, well, why did they do this, you know? And the insight he gave in terms of confirming the way they're going about making decisions and the rationale behind them was very comforting, I guess is the right word. Yeah. I'm really excited for – Raiderland, and that's really my message is that just buckle up because the way they're recruiting, the way they're making decisions with the coaching staff, and some of the things that even Coach McGuire told me that's not even on the, on the interview that I'm really excited for for Red Raider fans in terms of like finally there's someone there who's adaptable, who is making like you know with a clear mind. He's not just like this is what we're gonna do and this is what we're about. No, it's like okay, well here's this here's one situation, and this is how we're gonna handle it because it's the best way to go about. It. Here's another situation. It may not correlate with our decision over here, but this is the best way to handle this specific situation right now. And it's yeah. like. That doesn't seem that complicated, but it is for some people, apparently. Right, you know, yeah, And yeah. just to see them go about making all these big decisions they have to make and the coach has to make, I'm very excited because, this, that, in my opinion, that's what it takes yeah. to build a winner yeah. and to rebuild you know, something special out here. So and you couple that with the recruiting, of course, uh, then, man, I, like I said, just buckle up. They're going to win a lot more games. It's going to be fun around here. The Jones is going to be rocking very soon. I can't tell you exactly when. Maybe next season. Yeah. But uh, it's it's going to be soon, and I just I can't wait to 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 be there, catalog it, and watch it all you know happen. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Joey McGuire, uh, Jared had a great conversation with uh, Coach McGuire uh, yesterday, and uh, we we got uh, man, it's about thirty minutes plus of just really getting to know Coach McGuire, what he's all about, his kind of philosophy, coaching philosophy, where he's from. I mean, just covered a lot of ground it's really good and uh we've got uh, we've got that coming up here in- this is the red raider outfitter rock and pregame on 101.1 the beard sponsored by pete's tire and service in ropesville and south plains college all right so jared got to sit down with uh, coach joey mcguire yesterday for uh, yeah about the half an hour there, just a great conversation, getting to know generous. him, and yeah. yeah, and man, I tell you what, he is really a. Uh, I mean, you could tell he talks about relationships and all the things that are important to him, and you can just tell he is he's open, he's just real, he's, uh, you know, I, I think that's the best way to describe him. He's real. Yeah, you know? I told him before the interview, just real quick, that ten years ago when I was at the Star Telegram, a couple of coaches, one of them being Kenny Perry, who's on staff now, he was at Arlington Bowie. I was trying to figure out playoff scenarios, and. I know Pete knows how difficult that could be, and, you know, everybody knows how challenged I am mathematically. So he said, call Joey McGuire, and he has this board. He had this huge board at Cedar Hill where he had, like, every district that was, you know, in the region because, as he told me yesterday, he goes, yeah, I kind of 
go off on the deep end of that. I get way too into it. I was like, I know you did my job better than me. I was wow. like, I hit the jackpot when I called you. You were very accommodating. I didn't have to go through secretaries or anything like that, you know. And you, you're very generous with your time. So it's not surprising to me that you have all these great relationships. Mm. If that's how you were with me, that's how you are with everybody. It makes a lot of sense. Well, we've got uh, kind of a, a two-part uh, interview here with uh, Coach Joey McGuire. And so let's get right to it with uh, part number one. Coach, first off, I'm intrigued by going back to your beginning because everybody's very familiar with the success you had at Cedar Hill in the high school ranks and then now Baylor and Tech. But kind of give me an idea of your background. We know you're coming from Crowley, but, you know, your parents, your family, your playing career, just kind of give us an idea. Yeah, so I, I was born in Texarkana um, and uh, lived there all the way up until I was getting ready to go to middle school. My mom, once we got in school, she went back to school to become a nurse. And so, you know, there's only a couple hospitals in Texarkana and they were, you know, her thought, my dad's thought was, we got to get somewhere to where it's easier to find a job. And so 1983, I believe we moved to Crowley. We had family that was already kind of in the area. Um, so we kind of all moved there. My grandparents moved there. They were in Hooks, and uh, my uncle and aunt moved there from San Antonio. So it was just a big group of us in Crowley, and um, you know it was uh, it was really good. Crowley was great, great to grow up, um, and just you know great friends. And really, the beginning of Tech is one of those friends. Roger Corn. He actually, I moved in seventh grade. He moved from Oklahoma in eighth grade. Uh, we became best friends and, and played football, and he was the one that kind of, you know, he came out here to Tech, walked on with Spike Dykes, and it really kind of made me fall in love with Tech back in 89, 90, coming out here and visiting him and told everybody almost, uh, I was getting ready to transfer to Tech. I had already, I was uh, getting ready to go into my junior year and, and uh, met my wife, and so mm. she overruled Tech. As right. much as I love Tech, she, <laughs> she uh she kept me uh, kept me in Arlington, uh, but you know it's crazy. We were talking about this. I was talking to a, a family the other day in an in-home visit, and with me, there's probably not a lot of us that you know didn't play college football. Yeah. And at the time, it was totally opposite of whenever I was a high school coach and what I tried to do with my guys. It wasn't like a push. There wasn't a lot of people going to play college football. Uh, we didn't have any Division One football players. Roger was the closest guy. He had gotten some Division Two scholarship offers, and and so he wanted to play big time football, and so he walked on at Tech. And, and so it wasn't a push, you know. I wish because the parents asked me, they would go, "What is your one regret through athletics and everything?" And I was like, "Man, I wish I would have gone anywhere to walk on and and have that experience." Um, and so. You know, again, you go back and you say that, but heck, I wouldn't have met my wife, so I wouldn't have been here right now. And so it's just, it, it doesn't eat me up at night or anything. I don't have many of those. So um, that's kind of the start and how I ended up here. You know, I, I, whenever my mom is a nurse, my grandmother, my uncle's a dentist, like all her side's medical. Mm -hmm. And so I really thought that's what I was going to do. I was getting ready to, I was literally finished my second year at UTA, I was working at All Saints Hospital in this in surgery, in the pharmaceutical unit, and I was getting ready to start nursing school. But I was working with my dad, coaching like my dad coached every, anything in Crowley. My dad coached it, and uh, I mean everybody knows the coach McGuire in Crowley is not me. Coach McGuire in Crowley is <laughs> my dad, and so 
Um, he and man, keeping up with all the ballparks, he would mow the grass, he'd do all kinds of stuff out there. And so I kept doing that with him and that was kind of my calling. And I still remember, I thought my mom, when she was, she's not now, but she was really disappointed that I didn't go to nursing school. I wanted to be a CRNA and uh, an ethicist. And, and so it was, uh, when I told her, I said, hey, I'm supposed to coach, change my major and, and knew that's what I was gonna do. And man, it feels like I've never worked a day in my life. I know the feeling. Yeah. Um, you mentioned like the one regret, but obviously it's worked out for you. Right. Um, what kind of barrier was that or not for you in terms of like, did you feel any kind of pushback? Well, he didn't play college ball or anything like that. Or did you feel not insecure, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. obviously you thought about it. Like, was it a barrier for you at all becoming a coach? You know, it hadn't. I think it would be if you don't immerse yourself in the game and like try to learn everything you can. Um, than it would be, but you know, whenever I got into it, I got all in. You know, I, I I was lucky that I really worked with. I mean, I worked with Robert Woods for nine years. He's in the Hall of uh, Texas High School Hall of Honor. Um, I mean, here's a guy that in 1990 won a state championship as a head coach at Wilmer Hutchins. They beat Austin Westlake, and he called the offense and the defense. Wow. I mean, there I don't know how many people's ever done that. So yeah. the guy that I was with that I learned from. Um, you know, learn from the best, been around great mentors, guys that changed Texas high school football. Sam Harrell is one of my mentor. Wow. Um, I think he's one of the, to me, he's really the first legitimate uh, Texas high school coach. Not legitimate, like, but I go back and think of him getting in the shotgun and running RPOs, like okay. on a 100% selling out, this is our offense. And he was really the first guy to do that um, that I can think of. Um, do you remember when that was? I'm sorry, Roger. You remember like um, uh, kind of when you first remember them doing that? That was like 2000. Hold on, let me go back. It was not. It was like 19. It was either like 98 or 99. Mm -hmm. Wow. It was one of those two. That is and right. Like it was truly like he was a freeze option guy under center, um, and I. It was against the game against Cedar Hill. It was three to nothing. They came out at halftime and they got in a shotgun. They had a really big quarterback, and uh, you know ended up beating us like twenty-four to three. And he ended up playing in the state championship that year. He just totally flipped his team. And I don't know if he ever went back under center that whole year. And then we played them uh, every like six or seven years in a row scrimmaging. And well, whenever I got the job, I called him and I said, "Who can run your offense?" He said, "Chris Boyd." And I said, "Okay, well I'm gonna hire Chris Boyd if you're okay with it." And so, you know. The guy just, I think he totally changed the game of football in the state of Texas. So guys like that, man, like when you just, I mean, every t I, I'm like, you know, you hear gym rats, gym, gym rats. That's how I am with football. Like anywhere I could go to watch practice. Yeah. And, and it really wasn't like a lot of times, yes, it's X's and O's, but a lot of times remember I was young was just how to practice and who was more efficient and who got the most out of their time and the pace of practice. And, I'll never forget. It will be like this. I really think this spring, my very first practice in the spring, we get through, I call everybody up, and I said, what'd you think? And all the players were like, oh, my God. And I said, guys, that was a regular money practice. I said, coach, that's the hardest thing we've ever done. And I said, yeah, but we're an hour shorter. And they went, what? And I said, yeah, we're an hour shorter. We just went really, really fast. We just did more with the time that we were on the field than what y'all are used to. And so... Just going to watch people do stuff like that. I think if I wouldn't, if I didn't want to be like that, then that could have been a barrier. 
Um, you know, but you know, it gives me a different perspective. Did you say your dad was your first, obviously, mentor in general, but in coaching as well? It was. I think um, kind of who I am, my, my personality comes from my mom, um, but like who I am and what I believe in comes from my dad. I watched him coach so many teams and just, man, he, like my sister was a really, really good softball player. And so he coached all of her teams and just the love that, I mean, he just loved those girls and they, and they just loved him. I literally at a national tournament, there was a call at the plate and uh, our catcher got run over and they did not call the girl out, which was, should have been called out. And this is a national tournament. And my dad literally whistled, circled his hand and pulled, his girls walked off the field. Whoa. Got all their stuff out of the dugout and forfeited the game. And not one parent or one player questioned anything that he was doing. Well, the reason was not because he was, you know, this, uh, uh, authoritative just like this is how we're gonna do it they just knew that he cared about them you know and so i saw that and and how he got more out of people doing it that way than that dictatorship um really kind of influenced like how i was going to be as a coach you know you, you talked a lot about relationships and you telling that story obviously the amount of respect that the parents the families had for your dad to just follow that when right. was blind like you know and I've heard players talk about you, recruits now, just in a short time as well. I, you know, we talked about before in our interactions with um, just how generous you are with your time. Did you say you, would you say you get that from your mom, your dad, or just how did you, that's obviously a conscious decision. That's right. not just who you are. Like you're making a decision with your time. When did you choose to be that way? And what kind of doors has that opened for you? Well, you know, there's a couple things. I, so here's what I always tell everybody that I get from my mom, kind of my spirit. Cause my, my mom would always say, when your feet hit the floor, you've got a choice. You know, um, I've heard different people say, I love it where they, I've never had a bad day. I just have bad moments. Um, and I know there's so many things that go on bad for different people in, in the world, but it, there's so many things that go on bad for different people in the world that they are still excited about life, you know, because it's a choice. And so, I mean, there's actually, I got it from uh, uh, Michael Lombardi. He does this daily coach, uh, and one is my, he's one of my good friends. Um, it was a deal that he wrote up on the daily coach, and it goes off on my phone uh, every day at 6 o'clock, and it says, be great or not. Hmm. Now, the saying of me saying be great is not telling me to be great. What it's telling me is there's a choice, and normal times whenever you decide to make that choice to have a good day you're probably going to have a good day mm -hmm. the times that you say golly this is going to be a tough day i mean you speak so many things in ex existence through even if you're not saying it just through the attitude and everything so mine is when my feet hit the floor i'm going to be fired up to see whoever i meet that day and the majority of it's the players and they're the guys really that give me the energy and and uh, the excitement to do what i do and it seems like it resonates with them, like, they, like they're like they attracted to that, right. that kind of choice and that kind of thinking. Would you say that that's been your experience? 
I do. You know, there's so many guys that have tough things going on in their life. And uh, I always used to say at Cedar Hill, man, the one thing that I want to be is I want to be the constant. I want to be the guy that they see every day. And I am truly excited to see them. And they don't, there's a lot of people, I mean, there's times in my life I don't have that person. Luckily, my wife loves me, so I get to do that, or my dog. But you think about that. like, and Man, we as human beings, we need that. We need somebody that's going to pat us on the back or somebody that's literally going to say, how are you doing? And if you say, man, I'm doing great, everybody's going to say that. But if you really have somebody that really genuinely means, how are you doing, yeah. and you're not doing well, and you can open up, you know, that's what I want to be for these guys and what I've tried to be for, for my players that I've had in the past, you know. And, again, it's easy to do that when they give me so much back, you know. And it's I'm not asking for anything, but just them seeing them and being a part of their lives, that's what gives me the energy to do it. And then switching gears a little bit, you know, obviously what you did at Cedar Hill building that program speaks for itself. And now here you are at Tech. And quite honestly, it's been hard times. Wins and losses, we're talking about, uh, which you're well aware of. Are there any similarities in building the program like you did at Cedar Hill to like your game plan here at Texas Tech? And if so, what are they? Well, one, you got this is a player's game. Mm -hmm. Any coach that thinks they actually put the laces in the football and, and uh, their eligibility is up, we don't play this right. game anymore. We put the players in great positions to play. So the thing that we were able to do is we had really good players at Cedar Hill and we were able to develop them into even better players. <clears throat> and, you know, I think we had tough teams. I think we uh, cared about each other and we played like a lot of people would say, golly, you are so fast. Well, yes. we didn't win a lot of track meets, but I'll tell you what, we were very passionate about each other and we played really hard. And so that transitioned into looking like either seeing it live or seen it on film that we played really really fast um i think similarity is we got we've got really good players we've got to put them in the best position we got to keep develop them we've got to recruit really good players but there is there's there's a culture that has to be built um that is built around uh what we call the brand and the other part is the player coach's oath and one of the biggest part of the player coach's oath is I will care for my teammates, and that's players and coaches. And so I think if you go back to Cedar Hill and then what you'll see in the future here is, man, you're going to see a passionate team that really care about each other. And I think whenever you watch it live and then you also on TV, when you see, like, man, these guys play so hard, yeah. they play so hard for each other. And so that's the culture that we've got to really build here. And uh, I think that that helps you win, but – one of the biggest things that helps you sustain winning. That's uh, part one with a uh, conversation with Coach Joey McGuire. Man, Jared, great stuff there. I tell you, that's so many of these kind of conversations, you end up, uh, you know, it ends up just being a bunch of, uh, you know, X's and O's, Coach B kind of thing. But, man, to, to really – Man, you're like a what's that guy Roy Firestone who used to do interviews. <laughs> well, he hey, didn't cry. Hey, you guys used cry, to be guys yeah. cry. <laughs> this is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard, sponsored by Cotton Court Hotel, E Equipment, and Weston Water Well Drilling and Pump Service.
All right, still to come today on the Rockin' pregame, we've got a conversation with Mike Leach, head coach of Mississippi State, who is Texas Tech's opponent in the Liberty Bowl. And Coach Leach always has a lot of interesting things to say. So that's coming up today, as well as former Texas Tech Raider Raider player uh, Keenan Ward. We'll be dropping by here nice. in a little bit as well. we got some recruiting coming up, a lot to get to today. But now it is uh, part two with uh, Jarrett's conversation with new Texas Tech head coach, Joey McGuire. You know, I didn't think about this. You mentioned playing fast. I didn't think about Cedar Hill and Baylor. And obviously there's a lot more factors that went into what Baylor, what's, what's been accomplished there here recently. But on defense, it has looked similar to when I remember covering Cedar Hill just randomly like, dang, the linebackers are running like right. their hair's on fire. I mean, you, yeah. see, you notice it. You see it. You yeah. know, if you Watch football, you see it. And you see it with Baylor, too. Now, no doubt. I mean, just how you mentioned they play, for, you know, the players play for each other, but I, can you give us an idea of what kind of practice habits we're talking about to, in order to make that happen on Saturdays? Well, it, some of my old players would probably laugh at this, but I would I always say, you know, we don't walk on the field. I mean, walking on the field is like cussing in church. You just don't do it. Like, yeah. it's just like there's there's no, it's, it's not a, you don't do it. It's just a standard that, like, so it's it's a mindset to me in everything you do from a sense of urgency of going into the weight room, how we train in there, to how we take the field, to how we practice, um, and just growing the leadership with the coaches and the players um, that there's a standard and we're not going to tolerate anything but that standard. And that standard is your best it's like that's just who you are and i tell everybody look i don't terrell bernard and jalen petrie yeah. i've sit in a huddle and listen to them to tell their teammates if you don't run in the football i will take you out of the game <laughs> not the coach mm -hmm. and the, i've seen young players look at them and them look and saying no you don't understand you will not be on this field i don't care what anybody else says and i go back to Cedar Hill, Chris Francis in 2006, Richard Moore, you know, in 2012, 13, 14. Those dudes, like, you, they were not going to tolerate anything else. And mm. and when you get it like that, whenever it is truly a player-led team, um, special things happen. And I think, you know, uh, you kind of see that a little bit with uh, what we did at Cedar Hill and what, what we were able to do at Baylor and what we're going to do here. And then going to the staff that you've assembled here, um, everybody talks about recruiting, and I've, I have too, a right. lot. But I've talked talking with some other people, media people in the industry, they're really fired up, and I am too, about the development side of it. You got some guys who have proven player developers. Just, just kind of break down. You don't have to do the whole staff, but just kind of give me an idea of uh, what kind of staff this is from a development standpoint. Well, you said one of my favorite words, the development. And a lot of people, whenever I – whenever – I say, well, we're going to be a developmental program. They're kind of like, oh, so we're not going to be able to get the <laughs> five-star, yeah. you're going to get this guy and all this stuff. And that's not what I'm saying. Whenever yeah. you talk about development, I said this earlier, <clears throat> when you talk about development, there are traits to develop. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to get guys that have NFL traits yeah. that you want to develop. And so I think you're going to see a longer team i think you're going to see a faster team um now you have to have a staff there's two things they have to believe that way mm -hmm. and i think 
<clears throat> I think there's that our staff, we've got a special staff. I think my job is to get everybody thinking the same way, not being in a room and us agreeing, but being in a room that, hey, look, we're paying you some really good money to develop this kid into a great player, and that's part of your job. And so I think you've got to get everybody to understand that. you got to get everybody on the same page culturally. But, man, you look at Zarnell Fitch. I mean, Zarnell Fitch is one of the best D-line coaches in America, and his numbers prove it. You know, between the sacks, tackles for a loss, the dudes that he's put in, um, the, the guys that he's put in the league. And if you really want to look at it, I mean, you say whatever you want. Gary Patterson is truly one of the best right. at evaluating and developmental players, and that's like that fired me up. I know Zarnell very well. We've talked about coaching together before. Um, but having a guy like that, you know, guess what? He was a head high school coach. You turn around Kenny Perry. Kenny Perry's been a part of TCU, so he's been a part of Patterson's um, tree. Uh, he was at Kansas. He's been with Bob Stoops. Um, now, you know, he's with Sonny Dykes at SMU and what they were doing. Um, the guy knows he's coached uh, offense and defense at the college level. Guess what? He's a high school coach. He was a head high school coach. So I had to go into places that hadn't won before, Arlington Bowie, yeah. Arlington Sam Houston, and guess what? They won whenever he was there. You know, and so you look at him, Emmett Jones. Emmett Jones has been here. You see NFL wide receivers mm -hmm. that are Texas Tech grads playing in the NFL that Emmett Jones coached. And so he knows what he wants in a receiver. He knows how to develop them. And guess what? He was a Texas high school head coach. <laughs> and so I know there's other people on staff, but those guys, to me, those are three of the guys. And then you take it to the last, and he's our senior member of staff, of the staff. He and I are closer age than me and Zach are. And it's Tim DeRuder. The guy has played great defense at the Air Force Academy, at Cal, Oregon, A&M. He's been a head coach before. And so getting that guy and having the experience he has developing players, and think about that. He's developed kids that are, that are at Air Force right. and kids that are Oregon, mm -hmm. at Oregon. And so you just look at those guys like that, and I can go to every single one of the staff members, and, and I will tell you this. Every single guy that is on this staff from support staff, analysts, GAs, and the on-the-field staff, they all were put in that place for a reason. They all have special talents that why they're here at Texas Tech. You know, you say that, and that makes total sense to me. I can't help but notice whoever the coaching staff is, you know, how these moves are made, how they appear to be made. And Kitley is interesting to me because you mentioned complimentary football. Right. And I want to make sure I understand exactly what you mean by complimentary football. But part of that to me would mean being able to run the ball when you yep. need to. Yeah. Um, and I know that's a question you're probably getting from a lot of people. But also it appears that maybe when it appeared that Kitley was available, it may not be exactly what I want to do scheme, but this guy's a rock star. Right. He's the best available, so let's get him. Is that am – I, am I close? On, or how did that process go? There's definitely you? – you're 100 – like there's definitely a thought process like that. Yeah. The thing the, – the thing, uh, and, and I'm going to tell you, he had some, some really good options. 
I mean, yeah, really good options. And and one thing that that made me want to to be a part of of Zach Kitley is how bad he wanted to be at Texas Tech. You know, that was really really extremely important. But where where I loved Zach in the, in the interview, um, and I keep saying this, but I'm I'm just going to tell you, man, I'm never never going to shy away from it. I listened to ESPN this morning bash one coach and and i understand what they were talking about but they were they were really kind of bashing college football yeah. and i can turn around and bash the nfl just as easy as mm-hmm. uh, college football and i can tell you this weekend at, at uh, jerry's world there's going to be better coaches than there are in the nfl that are going to be coaching in that game without a doubt and there's going to be be i mean you know great coaches are great coaches i don't care what level you're coaching at i've been around um, I, I told Coach Rule one, at one point, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, you'd have a hard time winning an 8-6-A. And I wasn't talking about him particularly, right. but I was talking about, like, I can't believe some of the stuff that I'm a part of right now, and this is supposed to be college football. And it really wasn't in Baylor. It was just the whole scene yeah. of college football. And, uh, you know, that might piss some people off of whatever. I'm just saying, like, if they – if it does, it's their arrogance. It's not that they don't want to look at it that way. And they could argue the other side of it like I could. But here's the thing that I loved about Zach, going back to Zach, is here's a guy that has put up numbers, some serious numbers, at two different places and did it. Of of course, he did it with a quarterback, but he did it in different ways. And so we were sitting down, and I was asking him questions, and I was like, Zach, am I asking you to be somebody you're not? And this and that. He goes, Coach, and this is where I got on my rant right there. Because his answer was what I had to do for 23 years. He said, Coach, I want to win. And how we win is we put our best players on the field. So if you want me to be in 12 personnel and we have two great tight ends, guess what? I want to be in 12 personnel. But if we have our very best player and he is – a tight end, and he is standing next to you just because I want to be in 10 personnel, that is insanity. That's not how you win. And so I felt like that's a guy that could adapt to a roster. That's a guy that is so inventive and on the cutting edge of football. And so him saying that was like, man, this is a no-brainer for me. He wants to be in West Texas. He has an idea of how to recruit West Texas. And then – he can adapt to what we're doing. That's who I wanted to be a part of. You just confirmed what I was hoping for Raiderland and Red Raider fans in that. In my humble opinion, I'm not saying I have any answers, but I've observed a lot of coaches of different sports at different levels, and the ability to adapt is yes. the most common thing I see, which leads to success. And coaches that don't have success, they are just get tunnel vision. And it seems like, I mean, you literally just use the word adapt yeah. with Coach Kitley and, and the hire, so that's... Uh, tech fans are going to be glad to hear that. The best, the best all-time, all-time college coach is Nick Saban, and I, you can probably Google it real quick. He's been talking about it for the last couple of years with different things that have gone on in college football, and he says, you know, if you there's a reason dinosaurs are extinct. You've yep. got to be able to adapt. He says it all the time, and so that's one thing with with Zach. I think he can and will, and and we're going to put a really good product on the field. Well, not just with him, but I see you doing that in recruiting, and that's a good segue because my fans, or my fans, my customers would get mad if I didn't uh, ask you about recruiting, but obviously such great success right out of the shoot. Um, 
everybody talks about recruiting being about relationships. Yeah. Obviously, you have a lot of relationships through the state. Can you just kind of give the fans out there an idea of just how that's helped you and just, you know, your relationships throughout the state? Well, you know, one of the guys, man, I was really fired up. I told him, man, I got, I almost got emotional whenever Ty Connor uh, co- uh, committed to us. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't been on campus whenever he did. Wow. And uh, so he was going to come, um, and he did. But whenever he committed to me before, and one of the big reasons he did was because of Gary Joseph. Yeah. Um, it was very important, you know, when there was a coaching change, Ty wanted to stay in state. Um, he had different opportunities. And uh, I called Coach Joseph. And I said, look, Coach Joseph, man, you are. Like, you know, they just got beaten in the state semifinals. And I'm like, I don't even know when this kid could come out here. And luckily they played on a Friday night, so we were able to get him here on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. But he goes, Joey, I know who you are. So if he can't come on campus, I will make sure his mom and dad know exactly who you are. And so I think he was going to be a Red Raider no matter what because of how much respect he had for Gary Joseph and the respect that Coach Joseph and I have for each other was a huge help. I've told every one of these kids, I've, to, I've said it you know, for the five, last five years, at Baylor, you know, some of the best relationships these guys have are with their coaches. And I always tell the parents, like, hey, ask your coach what he thinks. Ask your coach, you know, what I'm about. And, you know, I think the majority of them, uh, you know, say good things about us. And so we use that, you know. And, and so it would, I think, whenever you go through the recruiting part, I mean, you look at Joseph, our defensive end from, Mansfield Summit, he had a phenomenal relationship with Zarnell, but his head coach is a good friend of mine. Okay. And so he FaceTimed me. When Joseph signed, he FaceTimed me. Well, well, coach is right there with him, you know. And so you're sitting there with the guys like that. You know, of course, you can say the Cedar Hill connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did get to coach uh, the, the three older brothers, Jalen people. But, you know, he knows who I am. But Harvey Dyson and Sincere Massey, they weren't in high school whenever I was. In fact, Sincere moved to Cedar Hill, yeah. you know, going into his junior year, but they were also able to ask Coach Lynn and they were able to ask the coaches, you know, who I, who, you know, exactly who I am. So yeah. we're using that. The good thing is we've got some of that definitely on our staff. Recruiting South Dallas, yeah. those coaches can – those players can ask about Emmett Jones and Zarnell and Kenny Perry, and so we're we definitely want to use that. You mentioned Coach Joseph. That's interesting because in talking with Ty, you know, during the recruiting process when he was committing and everything, he mentioned going to those state championships game, champ, state championship matchups between Katie yeah. and Cedar Hill. I actually covered one of them. Yeah, I think the 2012. Yeah, that was one of the years, right? I think I covered yeah. one of those. Um, so that was just it, he thought it was just far out that he now he's going to be playing for you right. and everything in the connections and I don't know I just find that interesting that y'all had those battles and you I mean it's not it's not that surprising knowing y'all's reputations but yeah. uh, that's that's really neat that y'all have that kind of respect for each other yeah it's you know it's one of those deals that I always tell everybody when you play Gary Joseph you're play, he's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers <laughs> you know and and uh, he would disagree with that probably you know because I know he uh, hated to lose last week but um mm. I mean, he's, he's something. And so I, the respect that I think we've had for each other really helped. Um, you know, but 
it's one of those deals that's a great thing i try to respect everybody that one of my 23 years really my entire career and respect i really a lot of it is respecting the game i think that will come across too whenever you see our game our team play we're going to be very smart we're going to have a high football iq and we're going to respect the game and then i i don't necessarily we'll have to see what happens in spring all that but everybody wants to know about the quarterback situation right right? so i gotta ask you um how do you see the quarterback room right now and then moving forward in the future? Well, you know, we have a really good, really strong quarterback room. That was one reason that I wasn't, you know, just uh, 100%, hey, let's take a quarterback, whether it be a transfer or whether it be, you know, there, there were, there's probably times out there that it would have been good and it would have been a big splash and, it, you know, definitely um, some special talent out there. But... That was not like a 100% need because we have such a talented room. I mean, you have three guys, you know, two that have started and a third that has played that, you know, they're going to battle it out in the spring. And and I think whenever we come out of it, we'll we'll be in a really good spot quarterback-wise because all three of them have talent, you know. And what's really good, too, is all three of them, they're going to learn from ground zero in Zach's offense. And so – um, there, it's going to be one of those even playing fields and the best guy will step up and lead the team. I feel really good about that spot. You know, it's one of those yeah. deals of, you know, you want to create some depth in some other spots, but whenever you're looking at skill on offense and you're looking at the quarterback, we're in really good shape. All three of those guys can create time, extra time with their legs. No they doubt. They can throw on the run, which is it's huge. That's it right now. Is yeah. It, you know, is it not? I mean, you don't see position? very many. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I know there's some probably because you have really good offensive lines that you can draft, um, but there's there's not very many statue quarterbacks anymore, uh, especially you know how the pass rush and, and the way the games changed. Most people that you know want your quarterback to be able to extend uh, the time, extend the pocket, and all three of those guys can. Yeah. And then I just a general question, but it's been what five weeks since you it was announced you were hired. Yeah. Just- can you give us just an idea of what, what it's been like for you? I mean, it's got to be like just a mad rush, especially with all the recruiting. It's everything. It, it is a mad rush. You know, it's a, never a boring moment, but there's never a time that I don't get excited and uh, and just fired up to get up here as fast as I can. And, and um, it's it has stayed that way because that's just kind of how I am by nature. But it, it's been incredible. What's One of the coolest things for me is um, – probably two nights a week at least um, I've gone to a different restaurant uh, you know we went last night and ate and we watched uh, the the 2A game the mm-hmm. 7 o'clock game I told the guys you know because a lot of people they either left before to get home to start packing up and move mm-hmm. uh, you know Zach has a bowl game that he's coaching in uh, and then there was guys that stayed through signing day and a lot of them left this morning I said hey let's go somewhere and eat and watch uh high school football i'll watch all of them this mm-hmm. weekend and and man just the people are so excited you know and i don't think i, I know i haven't i hadn't eaten the food here in lubbock is incredible man it's not bad is it? i love to eat and so <laughs> it's been good but the food here in lubbock is incredible but going out and being being a part of the community man everybody's so excited coach joey mcguire starting something really special here in lubbock texas tech football really appreciate your time thank you so much you bet thank you this is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beer. Sponsored by Meineke, Sanko, and Bud Light.
All right, uh, back to the show. As I mentioned, we still got to uh, we'll replay our conversation with Joey McGuire, Texas Tech's new head coach. That's coming up uh, before 1 o'clock. Also, uh, Pete got to sit down on, I guess it was a FaceTime or something with Coach Leach. And, uh, we'll, he we'll didn't have know that how to, to do Zoom. We tried for 20 <laughs> minutes. And he said, I guess we're not going to do the interview. I said, Coach, we're doing the interview. So I got him on FaceTime, and I got my girlfriend's phone, and i that's the only way I could do it. That's What's making that? it happen right there. I don't you know, care. I, I said that. to him, you're no D1 excuses. coach. You don't know how to Zoom. I was shocked. Well, we don't need, uh, we, we've we got Keenan Ward, former Texas Tech Red Raider, joining us, like, actually in the studio here. No Zoom today. Don't worry about <laughs> not being able to use that <laughs> or school. anything. So, yeah, yeah, old school, in person. Wow, amaz- amazing. Uh, Keenan, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on today. He's a ace realtor now here in town. So yeah. if you're looking for uh, looking for a house or something, uh, find find Keenan Ward. He get, get chucked up, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, the market's so hot. You're looking to buy or sell or invest, man. Just reach out and we'll make it happen. How excited are you about Red Raider football with Joey McGuire and all he's doing? Uh, there's a real buzz that we haven't had for football. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting time to be just a tech fan. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen any of McGuire's conferences or speeches man you, you need to lock in on that and just listen to him you can tell he means well he's bringing in the right guys um it seems like every guy that the tech fan base wanted he brought in and that just yeah. that's never worked out and just to see that kind of kind of happened has been really exciting and then uh you, you always give us like really great insight like the you know former player former tech player insight yeah. right now it's really interesting to me the way tech's going about like who's coaching the bowl game and and just how they're going about it give us an idea of what like what's going on season's over they had the you know the the conference championships as a player what are you doing what what did you do during that week and what are you doing now like what, what's the prep like yeah so uh you know everybody finishes you know the final exams and they go home but the football guys you know if you're bowl eligible you stay and you're doing workouts, and it's really a time for the the, the walk-ons and the red shirts. Uh, it's really just like another spring spring practice. Um, you know, it's really competitive. Uh, you're in the weight room, and I I was just thinking like, with uh, you know, Kobe gone for two months, you know, taking on a new job, and half of our staff getting uh, replaced. It was I was just thinking about like Coach Smith. I guess he's running he's running things now, and just thinking about the preparation. And um, I know I, mean, I trust Coach Smith. I, Smith, I know he's doing a good job with the guys, but. Just thinking about that whole process is is really interesting. I know they're going to be ready uh, on the 27th, 28th. 28th, yeah. But yeah, I was thinking about that, and I know they're they're practicing now, and Cumbie's back, and all that. But yeah, that's a whole process that just really interested me. Yeah, and kind of along those lines too, Keenan is like, I remember when Kingsbury was fired, and there was there wasn't a coaching staff in place, <laughs> and I remember some of the players telling me, like, man, it's the Wild West out here. Like, people just aren't showing up to the to the facility some people are there's no there's like nobody's there's nothing scheduled it's just if you want to lift you lift if you know like it was the wild west for a while yeah. until wells was hired and so i i'm interested like how important obviously we talked about from recruiting but just the fact that you know like you got people watching you like you can't mess up you know what I mean? that accountability how like from a player's perspective how important is it that they had mcguire already in place and then the staff coming in and all that yeah i think uh having mcguire and, and the staff pretty much filled out um kind of as a player you had something to play for you know who your coach was uh and a good coach at that so you you felt you feel like you have a lot to prove even though a lot of shakiness in the staff and really you know no no set uh requirements with all the staff gone but uh, just knowing who your staff is, I mean, you still have a lot to play for, and, uh, you know, there's always somebody watching. So I know they're taking these practices seriously. They're trying to, you know, meet their deadlines as far as showing up on time for breakfast and, and weights and all that. 
Um, but yeah, it definitely helps having ha having had McGuire on the staff already. It's not. I mean, I know I wasn't. I would have been one of the dudes like nobody's here. I'm not going to that six o'clock <laughs> breakfast. You know, no way. I mean, some guys are going to do it, and I respect those people that were at 20 years old could do that. I wasn't that dude. Uh, I, another thing that stands out to me is, and there's going to be, there, there is, but. Have we seen one tech player go hit the portal yet? Not yet. Look at TCU. There's like ten. You know, with their coaching change. That's yeah. amazing. What does that say to you? That says a lot. Like I said, I mean, have, McGuire is just. I mean, he's well known. I mean, you have you have high school coaches. You know, vouching for him. And uh, yeah, usually you know a coach leaves and, and you and you see guys you know hit the portal. And we haven't had any. And that's just that just goes a lot to say uh, with McGuire and the staff that he's bringing in. There's a lot of excitement and uh, I just feel like our players have have more to play for than they ever have. Wow. Yeah. That says a lot. Yeah, that's he does seem like the kind of guy you want to play for. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, I wish yes, I wish I, hey, sue me up, man. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you should, mean, Jeff. Go long, long, long snapper or something. I mean, you know, gonna you be go. a tackling dummy, maybe? Yeah. They have that, yeah. Human tackle dummy. All right. Man, you know, you look back at this year and I'm glad this team's bowl eligible, but man, when they beat Iowa State at just that excitement. That's what we've been missing. I mean, I'm sure you went off the hook that day, uh, the 62-yard field goal. I mean, it was a, an exciting day for Red Raider fans. We need that every Saturday. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, games like that is what is what keeps the Jones packed, keeps Lubbock excited. And, uh, man, I mean, just hearing McGuire, his first speech, like I said, like those players, I feel like that took all the doubt out of any, any transfer options. They're just like, yeah, this is the guy that we've always wanted. Hey, I don't know what you want to say about this, but, you know, when you're a Red Raider, you're always a Red Raider. And, you know, the, the team goes about their way. But I saw you went to Kansas City recently. And, you know, it's one thing to be there. But, you know, Mahomes made time for you. I mean, what, what is that like as teammates that you guys, you know, what is that whole situation like? Because I thought okay. that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, me and Pat built a relationship outside of football. He's, you know, one of my close friends. and. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, college is a brotherhood. I mean, you're going to battle with these guys literally every day of the year. You know, the season's like the bright spot, but off-season's just as tough. And, I mean, you, you build true relationships. And uh, it just goes to say, like, Pat, even at the stage that he's at, uh, still considers me a good friend just from the time we had at Tech. And, I mean, I think that's what McGuire's trying to build, you know, a true brotherhood. Uh, even with his coaches, you know, he has really good relationships with his coaches, and he wants to kind of transfer that down to his players so they can have those same type of relationships. Is Patrick the same now? I mean, he's won a Super Bowl. I mean, he's at, at the Mecca. I mean, is yeah. he still the same guy he was when he was at Tech? He tries to be the same, but, I mean, it's he's on a different level now. Yeah. Things, yeah. Don't, things just, you know, come easy for him. I mean, there's really no whatever he wants. It, it's just there. But uh, he's always stayed true to himself, and I think, you know, any Tech fan that sees that, you know, he represents Tech very well and stays true to his friends. So. You know, people ask me a lot. I mean, he was the first guy I interviewed when I took this job. He was a junior <laughs> at White House, you know, just because he was the quarterback committed to Tech. You yeah. know? And you can't always say this, unfortunately, and you know this probably better than I do, but not everybody's cool. Not everybody's a good guy. I mean, just the numbers game. And Pat really is a, a good guy. Absolutely. You know, Patrick's a good guy. And then all he does for Tech. Oh, I yeah. mean, I don't know he what player, do former player – does more for a university than Patrick Mahomes does for Texas Tech. Yeah, he does everything he can, uh, you know, to, to put Tech on the map. You know, he got that, that Chiefs Tech partnership thing yeah. going. That's, that's just cool. amazing, uh, just the power that he has. He and, got Whataburger yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he bought, can't do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. Brought 10,000 jobs to Kansas City. I mean, he's wow. just, just making a huge impact and keeps Lovick in mind at, at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, on the flip side, what, what's your take on Cliff Kingsbury and how he's doing in the NFL? I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I mean, anybody who got to play for Kingsbury can vouch for that. Uh, he, he's a, he's amazing. 
uh, just super intelligent as far as uh, offense. But I mean, he he got he has a good staff around him, uh, really good player development. Uh, he's just he's amazing, and everything he's doing right now, he deserves it. Uh, and it doesn't come easy. He puts in the work. He's one of those guys that's there at 4 a.m. leaves at probably 10 or 11 every night. First in, last out, probably. I've always every, heard that every about time, him, yeah. Every time. So the work's definitely put in, and everything he, he gets, he deserves it for sure. Okay, I'm interested to hear what you, like your input about just like former lettermen getting together, like some of the things like uh, the varsity association that Ronnie Allison does. He, I know he does a really good job, but just from your perspective, what's that like? That, it, that That's really amped up this year. Uh, it's been fun uh, to be a part of that. Ronnie's done a great job getting that going. We've had tailgates uh, every every home game and away game. We have our own little uh, alumni tailgate that we can go to, bring five or six friends with you. And uh, it's been great to meet some of the guys who played in the 70s, 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Nice. And uh, just really, uh, like I never really knew, you know, the older guys. Like I knew I was playing for Texas Tech, but actually to see those guys that played before me and build relationships with those guys. Uh, yeah, Rodney Allison and, and staff have done a great job with that. I don't know if this is for air or not, and I don't know if we've gotten too soft as a society if y'all even do that anymore, but you mentioned the 70s and 80s guys, you know, and some of them are on Inside the Road Raiders or have been on Raider Power and all that, and mm-hmm. they tell me all these stories uh, that I don't share on the on the, on the website. <laughs> what about initiation? You know, like, I wonder, like, what was your – did you have initiation or they had done away with it or anything you could share about, uh, you know, what's a, what it's like now in this era? Yeah, nothing compared to some of those stories. Yeah. I heard too. <laughs> Man, yeah. yeah, it was pretty rough What from what I hear, man. We we had the typical stuff. You know, freshmen would uh, we'd shave their heads, yeah. pretty standard. And then, you know, we do, like, karaoke, which is <laughs> super un- uncomfortable. But these guys were like, yeah. Like, leave them in the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, strip them naked and leave them out, like, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah. find your way back home. Freshmen, I heard, you know, stuff I heard like a story. That. I forgot who, who told me, but... uh they took a freshman out to post, dropped him off, and said, find your way back. Yes, that's, that was the thing. They would do that. Like, I was like, oh, man. My goodness. That's crazy. Yeah, so that, that's wild. Nothing like that, but, yeah, it's still initiation. It's just, you know, forming that brotherhood and being able to laugh and joke together because most of the time it's super serious. So. Did you sing karaoke? Yeah, What did, did. you sing? Uh, I went country. I think I wow. just went with Turnpike or something. Wow, oh, yeah, okay. nice. I killed it. You know, they didn't know. I mean, they knew I was from Snyder, but they right. didn't think I was like country like that. Wow. <laughs> So yeah, I killed it. Hey, speaking yeah, of nice. Snyder, what do you, what can you say about Sonny Cumbie? And you know, the, we, we, Matt Wells steps out, and uh, he you know, he was the glue that kept this thing together. Yeah. And then uh, you know, here he is coming back to coach this team when most guys would be long gone. Hey, I'm Louisiana Tech, but he loves Texas Tech. Yeah, Coach Cumbie, man, he's you know he's West Texas born and bred. Uh, he loves Texas Tech. He loves Snyder and. Uh, just it, it goes a lot to say, like you mentioned, keep him coming back. He didn't have to do that. Uh, he, I guess he got back last week uh, to be here for all the bowl practices, bowl prep, and that just and that just says a lot about who he is and his character. But uh, I mean, he brought the the pump jack mentality here to love it. Yeah. That was something that we Coach Rogers yeah. installed inside her, and he actually got that from Coach Rogers. Sonny did. Oh, cool. And it, it's cool that that's sticking around, even though Cumbie's not going to be here any longer. Yeah. What's well, a Keenan Ward, former Texas Tech Red Raider, and now super realtor here in town? And and like I said, man, you looking looking for a home or selling or something? There's or a man right here. Country Absolutely. karaoke. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Get down yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah. We, we can. Hire him for your parties there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hit me up for a happy hour or something. <laughs> there you go. We get in karaoke. Performing at a Christmas party near you or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Now, Keenan, thanks for uh, dropping by. Always fun to have you on the show, and uh, hope you have a uh, have a merry Christmas. All right. Yeah. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. I'll take care.
All right, coming up next, we'll hear from uh, Mississippi State coach Mike Leach, former wow. Texas Tech coach, obviously, and see what he has to say about the upcoming bowl matchup with Tech. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beer. Sponsored by Fortenberry Roofing, Wiley Implements, and Hub City Body Shop. All right, still to come today, uh, we're going to uh, replay our 30-minute conversation. Uh, Jerry got to sit down with the Coach Joey McGuire and uh, just, man, a candid conversation just kind of behind the scenes, you know, just really getting to know, uh, you know, McGuire a little bit about how, he, you know, where he was from and uh, his coaching philosophy and just I mean, really interesting. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have that coming up again for you uh, before 1 o'clock. Some really great stuff there. But then, uh, you know, Texas Tech getting ready to play in the Liberty Bowl on the 28th against Mike Leach's Mississippi State team, which uh, that makes, you know, uh, a bowl game that could otherwise be kind of ho-hum maybe. Right. It gives a little more uh, interest here, I think, in your conversation with Mike Leach coming up here. Well, somebody ha- – I don't know if it was Yahoo, but had this bowl game ranked, what, fourth out of all the bowl games? Wow, fourth. really? I mean, that, that gives you an idea of, you know, how juicy this matchup is. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's going to be a big crowd for it, and uh, it's going to be exciting. I mean, obviously, Tech hadn't been in a bowl game since 2017. So, uh, you know, when, when the news hit, and I had been texting with Leach earlier in the day. He had no idea who they were going to play. He thought it was going to be Liberty Bowl. And uh, then I finally tracked him down, and, and we tried to Zoom, and then we finally just did FaceTime, and I shot it another way. But when I posted it, somebody was like, well, let it go, Pete. It's over. And I'm like, idiot, we're playing them. Yeah. <laughs> and then another idiot said, well, who are you loyal to? And you know what? The answer is I'm loyal to both. You can be, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to be loyal to McGuire. It's all about relationships. Now, at the end of the day, I hope Tech wins the game. I, I think that's pretty clear. I live here now. I'm rooting for these guys. But uh, other games, I hope Mike Leach does good. I mean, you know, I had a good relationship with Mike Leach, and uh, um, I still do. And uh, so here he is talking about the ball game. Obviously, you guys uh, are going to look to get the win, Coach, but is there anything personal here for you because it is Texas Tech, but you got all new coaches, new players, new administration, and people from 2000 to 2009, most of them are gone now. Well, I mean, obviously, Tech owes me uh, $2.6 million for 2009 alone, and that doesn't even count the other four years I had on my contract. But with that said, the vast majority of people at Tech were outstanding and great memories by, you know, players, uh, coaches, alums, people at town, Lubbock, everything. So all that was fantastic. And um, and so, you know, there are some dubious characters that are basically criminals, in my opinion. But um, we're looking forward to a good game against a good team. Well, uh, what was your initial reaction when you saw it was Texas Tech? Um, you know, I, I didn't know what they would do, and the bowls are always funny, and they're kind of all over the map as far as uh, who selected that type of thing. There was kind of some uh, rumor of it, um, I guess, a couple days ago. And, you know, there's a point to where, you know, I played a lot of, because uh, I've got a lot of coaches around the country that have worked for me over the years, and I've got a lot of those guys that I've played from time to time, and and so, you know, I figured at some point that uh, one of my teams would play Texas Tech. 
Well, I know, I think in 2028 and 29, there's a home and home with Texas Tech, but now you get them at the end of 2021. Uh, you know, Coach, the media, this is a, a game between a 6-6 six and six and a 7-5 and five team, but the Mike Leach and Texas Tech storyline uh, might try to overshadow uh, two teams trying to win a bowl game. Well, I mean, I think, you know, obviously, uh, um, you know, I had some great years at Tech, and, uh, and uh, you know, and I love Mississippi State and fully devoted uh, all uh, focus and energy on that. But, but you know, uh, Texas Tech does still owe me money, and I think they probably ought to pay it if they're the, you know, the honorable people that they pretend to be. Well, they'll be right across from the sideline from you on December 28th. Well, those are the good people, the supporters and the people that, uh, uh, those are the ones that are in favor of doing the right thing in the first place. Well, uh, what will you guys work on now as you prepare? Because, you know, the 28th will be here before you know it. Uh, the biggest thing, we're going to work our young guys. Or we're going to finish, uh, finish out uh, the early, early signing day recruiting. Uh, we're going to work on our young guys uh, to make them as good as they uh, could possibly be. And, uh, you know, when uh, it's uh, time to go to Memphis, uh, we're going to, you know, work and put together the best team we can. Because, you know, as all teams, most important thing you do as a team is improve, is to steadily improve. And uh, so anyways, uh, I certainly uh, look forward to that and look forward to practice and look forward to the preparation. And, uh, you know, there's a point to where when the game starts, uh, you know, you're just playing the game and trying to solve the problems the other the other team uh, presents to you. Will this game be personal at all for you, Coach? Uh, it's hard to do. You know, it's very difficult to do it that way because, you know, uh, you got to keep focused on, uh, you know, the important things, which is what you can control and, uh, you know, and just being the best team you can be. If there were all these different gears and paces and intensities you could incorporate on everything, uh, and some, you know, extra special stuff. I mean, you shouldn't be doing it all the time because you're constantly working and fighting to be the best you can be. And, you know, and uh, this is uh, another time to try to put that together. Well, hey, we look forward to seeing you. And I know a lot of Texas Tech fans are going to be excited to, to cheer for both teams. It's going to be a great game December 28th, Coach. Well, I think it'll be an exciting time. And, uh, People there in Lubbock, Texas, and I certainly uh, uh, enjoyed my time there. All right, Coach. Hey, I appreciate you. We'll, we'll see you in Memphis. All right. Well, that sounds good. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Mitch Hall Chevrolet, Chrome, and Hook and Reel. All right, here we go. Uh, getting to know Joey McGuire, new Texas Tech head coach. Man, you just hear all this stuff about him, and you're thinking, man, it's just, just hype, but it's not. He's he's a, he's the real deal, man. Just a very genuine, down-to-earth guy, and that's uh, that's one of those things that is, is really his strong suit. And, boy, he talks about relationships. and just. But uh, Jared got a chance to sit down with him and uh, talk extensively, just a candid conversation about you know, where he's from and, and kind of how he got to where he is today, what he believes in, what's his uh, coaching philosophy. I mean, all kinds of stuff in uh, two parts here. We'll start with part number one right now here on the Rock and Pregame. Coach, first read by going back to your beginning because everybody's very familiar with the success you had at Cedar Hill in the high school ranks and then now Baylor and Tech. But 
kind of give me an idea of your background. We know you're know, coming from Crowley, but you know your parents, your family, your playing career. Just kind of give us an idea. Yeah, so I, I was born in Texarkana um, and uh, lived there all the way up until I was getting ready to go to middle school. My mom, once we got in school, she went back to school to become a nurse. And so, you know, there's only a couple hospitals in Texarkana, and they were, you know, her thought, my dad's thought was, we got to get somewhere to where it's easier to find a job. And so 1983, I believe, we moved to Crowley. We had family that was already kind of in the area, um, so we kind of all moved there. My grandparents moved there. They were in Hooks, and uh, my uncle and aunt moved there from San Antonio, so it was just a big group of us in Crowley. And, um, you know, it was really good. Crowley was great, great to grow up, um, and just, you know, great friends. And really the beginning of Tech is one of those friends, Roger Korn, he actually, I moved in seventh grade. He moved from Oklahoma in eighth grade. Uh, we became best friends and, and played football. And he was the one that kind of, you know, he came out here to Tech, walked on with Spike Dykes, and it really kind of made me fall in love with Tech back in 89, 90, coming out here and visiting him. And told everybody almost, uh, I was getting ready to transfer to Tech. I had already, I was getting ready to go into my junior year and, and uh, met my wife. And so mm. she overruled Tech as right. much as I love Tech. <laughs> she she, uh, she kept, me, uh, kept me in Arlington. Uh, but, you know, it's crazy. We were talking about this. I was talking to a, a family the other day in an in-home visit. And with me, there's probably not a lot of us that, you know, didn't play college football. Yeah. And at the time, it was totally opposite of whenever I was a high school coach and what I tried to do with my guys. It wasn't like a push. There wasn't a lot of people going to play college football. Uh, we didn't have any Division One football players. Roger was the closest guy. He had gotten some Division Two scholarship offers, and and so he wanted to play big-time football, and so he walked on at Tech. And, and so... It wasn't a push, you know, I wish, because the parents asked me, they would go, what is your one regret through athletics yeah. and everything? And I was like, man, I wish I would have gone anywhere to walk on and, and have that experience. Um, and so, you know, again, you go back and you say that, but heck, I wouldn't have met my wife, so I wouldn't mm -hmm. have been here right now. And so it's just, it, it doesn't eat me up at night or anything. I don't have many of those. So. Um, that's kind of the start and how I ended up here. You know, I, I, whenever my mom is a nurse, my grandmother, my uncle's a dentist, like all her side's medical. Mm -hmm. And so I really thought that's what I was going to do. I was getting ready to, I was literally finished my second year at UTA. I was working at All Saints Hospital in, this, in surgery in the pharmaceutical unit. And I was getting ready to start nursing school, but I was working with my dad coaching. Like, my dad coached every, anything in Crowley. My dad coached it. And, uh, and everybody knows the coach McGuire in Crowley is not me. Coach McGuire in Crowley is my dad. <laughs> and so um, he and, man, keeping up with all the ballparks. He would mow the grass. He'd do all kinds of stuff out there. And so I kept doing that with him and that was kind of my calling and I still remember I thought my mom when she was she's not now but she was really disappointed that I didn't go to nursing school I wanted to be a CRNA and uh, an ethicist and and so it was uh, when I told her I said hey I'm supposed to coach changed my major and and knew that's what I was going to do and man it feels like I've never worked a day in my life I know the feeling yeah um you mentioned like the one regret but obviously it's worked out for you right um 
what kind of barrier was that or not for you in terms of like, did you feel any kind of pushback? Well, he didn't play college ball or anything like that. Or did you feel not insecure, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. obviously you thought about it. Like, was it a barrier for you at all becoming a coach? You know, it hadn't. I think it would be if you don't immerse yourself in the game and like try to learn everything you can. Um, then it would be, but you know, whenever I got into it, I got all in. You know, I, I I was lucky that I really worked with. I mean, I worked with Robert Woods for nine years. He's in the Hall of uh, Texas High School Hall of Honor. Um, I mean, here's a guy that in 1990 won a state championship as a head coach at Wilmer Hutchins. They beat Austin Westlake, and he called the offense and the defense. Wow. I mean, there I don't know how many people's ever done that. So yeah. the guy that I was with that I learned from. Um, you know, learn from the best, been around great mentors, guys that changed Texas high school football. Sam Harrell is one of my mentors. Wow. Um, I think he's one of the, to me, he's really the first legitimate uh, Texas high school coach. Not legitimate, like, but I go back and think of him getting in the shotgun and running RPOs, like okay. on a 100% selling out, this is our offense. And he was really the first guy to do that um, that I can think of. Um, do you remember when that was? I'm sorry, Roger. You mean like um, uh, kind of when you first remember them doing that? That was like 2000. Hold on, let me go back. It was not. It was like 19. It was either like 98 or 99. Mm -hmm. Wow. It was one of those two. That is and like it was truly like he was a freeze option guy under center, um, and I. It was against the game against Cedar Hill. It was three to nothing. They came out at halftime and they got in the shotgun. They had a really big quarterback, and uh, you know ended up beating us like twenty-four to three. And he ended up playing in the state championship that year. He just totally flipped his team. And I don't know if he ever went back under center that whole year. And then we played them uh, every like six or seven years in a row scrimmaging. And well, whenever I got the job, I called him and I said, "Who can run your offense?" He said, "Chris Boyd." And I said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna hire Chris Boyd if you're okay with it." And so, you know. The guy just, I think he totally changed the game of football in the state of Texas. So guys like that, man, like when you just, I mean, every t I, I'm like, you know, you hear gym rats, gym, gym rats. That's how I am with football. Like anywhere I could go to watch practice. Yeah. And, and it really wasn't like a lot of times, yes, it's X's and O's, but a lot of times remember I was young was just how to practice and who was more efficient and who got the most out of their time and the pace of practice. And, I'll never forget. It will be like this. I really think this spring, my very first practice in the spring, we get through, I call everybody up, and I said, what'd you think? And all the players were like, oh, my God. And I said, guys, that was a regular money practice. I said, coach, that's the hardest thing we've ever done. And I said, yeah, but we're an hour shorter. And they went, what? And I said, yeah, we're an hour shorter. We just went really, really fast. We just did more with the time that we were on the field than what y'all are used to. And so – just going to watch people do stuff like that. I think if I wouldn't, if I didn't want to be like that, then that could have been a barrier, um, you know. But you know, it gives me a different perspective. Did you say your dad was your first, obviously, mentor in general, but in coaching as well. It was. I think um, kind of who I am. My, my personality comes from my mom, um, but like who I am and what I believe in comes from my dad. I watched him coach so many teams. And just, man, he, like my sister was a really, really good softball player. And so he coached all of her teams. And just the love that, I mean, he just loved those girls. And they just loved him. I literally, at a national tournament, 
there was a call at the plate, and uh, our catcher got run over, and they did not call the girl out, which was should have been called out. And this is a national tournament, and my dad literally whistled, circled his hand, and pulled his girls walked off the field. Whoa! Got all their stuff out of the dugout and forfeited the game, and not one parent or one player questioned anything that he was doing. Well, the reason was not because he was, you know, this uh, uh, authoritative, just like, this is how we're going to do it. They just knew that he cared about them, you know, and so I saw that and and how he got more out of people doing it that way than that dictatorship um, really kind of influenced, like, how I was going to be as a coach. You know, you talked a lot about relationships, and you telling that story, obviously the amount of respect that the parents, the families had for your dad to just follow that, almost right. blindly, like, you know. And I've heard players talk about you, recruits now, just in right. a short time as well. I, you know, we talked about before in our interactions with um, just how generous you are with your time. Did you say you, would you say you get that from your mom, your dad, or just how did you, that's obviously a conscious decision. That's right. not just who you are. Like, you're making a decision with your time. When did you choose to be that way and what kind of doors has that opened for you? Well, you know, there's a couple things. I, so here's what I always tell everybody that I get from my mom, kind of my spirit, because my, my mom would always say, when your feet hit the floor, you've got a choice. You know, um, I've heard different people say, I love it, where they, I've never had a bad day, I just have bad moments. Um, and I know there's so many things that go on bad for different people in the world but it, there's so many things that go on bad for different people in the world that they are still excited about life you know because it's a choice and so I mean there's actually I got it from uh, uh, Michael Lombardi he does this daily coach uh, and one is my, he's one of my good friends um, it was a deal that he wrote up on the daily coach and it goes off on my phone uh, every day at 6 o'clock and it says be great or not hmm. now the saying of me saying be great is not telling me to be great. What it's telling me is there's a choice. And normal times, whenever you decide to make that choice to have a good day, you're probably going to have a good day. Mm -hmm. The times that you say, golly, this is going to be a tough day. I mean, you speak so many things in ex existence through, even if you're not saying it, just through the attitude and everything. So mine is... When my feet hit the floor, I'm going to be fired up to see whoever I meet that day. And the majority of it's the players, and they're the guys really that give me the energy and and uh, the excitement to do what I do. And it seems like it resonates with them, like they like they're attracted to that right. that kind of choice and that kind of thinking. Would you say that that's been your experience? I do. You know, there's so many guys that have tough things going on in their life, and uh, I always used to say at Cedar Hill, man, the one thing I want to be is I want to be the constant. I want to be the guy that they see every day. And I am truly excited to see them. And they don't, there's a lot of people, I mean, there's times in my life I don't have that person. Luckily, my wife loves me, so I get to do that, <laughs> or my dog. But you think about that, like, and man, we as human beings, we need that. We need somebody that's going to pat us on the back or somebody that's literally going to say, how are you doing? And if you say, man, I'm doing great. Everybody's going to say that. But if you really have somebody that really genuinely means how are you doing yeah. and you're not doing well and you can open up, you know, 
that's what I want to be for these guys and what I've tried to be for, for my players that I've had in the past, you know. And, again, it's easy to do that when they give me so much back, you know. And it's I'm not asking for anything, but just them seeing them and being a part of their lives, that's what gives me the energy to do it. And then switching gears a little bit, you know, obviously what you did at Cedar Hill building that program speaks for itself. And now here you are at Tech. And quite honestly, it's been hard times. Right. Wins and losses, we're talking about, uh, which you're well aware of. Are there any similarities in building the program like you did at Cedar Hill to like your game plan here at Texas Tech? And if so, what are they? Well, one, you got this is a player's game. Mm -hmm. Any coach that thinks they actually put the laces in the football and, and uh, their eligibility's up, we don't play this right. game anymore. We put the players in great positions to play. So the thing that we were able to do is we had really good players at Cedar Hill, and we were able to develop them into even better players. <clears throat> and, you know, I think we had tough teams. I think we uh, cared about each other, and we played like a lot of people would say, golly, you are so fast. Well, yes. We didn't win a lot of track meets, but I'll tell you what, we were very passionate about each other and we played really hard. And so that transitioned into looking like either seeing it live or seeing mm -hmm. it on film that we played really, really fast. Um, I think similarity is we got, we've got really good players. We've got to put them in the best position. We got to keep develop them. We've got to recruit really good players, but there is, there's, there's a culture that has to be built. Um, that is built around uh, what we call the brand and the other part is the player coach's oath. And one of the biggest part of the player coach's oath is I will care for my teammates and that's players and coaches. And so I think if you go back to Cedar Hill and then what you'll see in the future here is, man, you're going to see a passionate team that really care about each other. And I think whenever you watch it live and then you also on TV when you see like man these guys play so hard yeah. they play so hard for each other and so that's the culture that we've got to really build here and uh, I think that that helps you win but one of the biggest things that helps you sustain winning All right, there you go. Uh, part one with the new Texas Tech football coach Joey McGuire uh, getting to know him a little bit and part two is coming up This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Sponsored by Pete's Tire and Service in Ropesville and South Plains College. All right, it's kind of a supersized Rockin' Pregame today. We might go a little bit over. Uh, I don't know if you guys get overtime or anything. Um, but, yeah, but uh, this is uh, part two with Jared's conversation yesterday with brand new Texas Tech football coach, Joey McGuire. You know, I didn't think about this. You, you mentioned playing fast. I didn't think about Cedar Hill and Baylor. And obviously there's a lot more factors that went into what Baylor, what's, what's been accomplished there here recently. But on defense, it has looked similar to when I remember covering Cedar Hill, just randomly like, dang, the linebackers are running like right. their hair's on fire. I mean, just yeah. you notice it. You see it. You yeah. know, if you watch football you see it and you see it with Baylor too now, no doubt I mean just how you mentioned they play for, you know the players play for each other but I can you give us an idea of what kind of practice habits we're talking about to, in order to make that happen on Saturdays well it, some of my old players are probably laugh at this but I would I always say you know we don't walk on the field I mean walking on the field is like cussing in church you just don't do it like yeah. it's just like there's there's no it's it's not a you don't do it. It's just a standard that like, so it's, it's a mindset to me. 
in everything you do from a sense of urgency of going into the weight room, how we train in there, to how we take the field, to how we practice, um, and just growing the leadership with the coaches and the players um, that there's a standard and we're not going to tolerate anything but that standard. And that standard is your best. It's like that's just who you are. And I tell everybody, look, I don't – Terrell Bernard and Jalen Petrie, yeah. I've sit in a huddle and listen to them to tell their teammates, if you don't run to the football, I will take you out of the game. <laughs> not the coach. Mm-hmm. And the, I've seen young players look at them and them look – and saying, no, you don't understand. You will not be on this field. I don't care what anybody else says. And I go back to Cedar Hill, Chris Francis in 2006, Richard Moore, you know, in 2012, 13, 14. Those dudes, like, you, they were not going to tolerate anything else. And mm-hmm. and when you get it like that, whenever it is truly a player-led team, um, special things happen. And I think, you know, uh, you kind of see that a little bit with – uh, what we did at Cedar Hill and what, what we're able to do at Baylor and what we're going to do here. And then going to the staff that you've assembled here, um, everybody talks about recruiting, and I've, I have too, a right. lot. But I've talked talking with some other people, media people in the industry, they're really fired up, and I am too, about the development mm-hmm. side of it. You got some guys who have proven player developers. Just, just kind of break down. You don't have to do the whole staff, but just kind of give me an idea of uh, what kind of staff this is from a development standpoint. Well, you said one of my favorite words, the development. And a lot of people, whenever I whenever I say, well, we're going to be a developmental program, they're kind of like, oh, so we're not going to be able to get the <laughs> five-star, yeah. you're going to get this guy and all this stuff. And that's not what I'm saying. Whenever yeah. you talk about development, I said this earlier, <clears throat> when you talk about development, there are traits to develop. So you're trying to get guys that have NFL traits yeah that you want to develop. And so I think you're going to see a longer team. I think you're going to see a faster team. Um, now, you have to have a staff. There's two things. They have to believe that way. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> I think there's the, our staff, we've got a special staff. I think my job is to get everybody thinking the same way, not being in a room and us agreeing, but – being in a room that, hey, look, we're paying you some really good money to develop this kid into a great player, and that's part of your job. And so I think you've got to get everybody to understand that. you got to get everybody on the same page culturally. But, man, you look at Zarnell Fitch. I mean, Zarnell Fitch is one of the best D-line coaches in America, and his numbers prove it. You know, between the sacks, tackles for a loss, the dudes that he's put in, um, the, the guys that he's put in the league – and if you really want to look at it, I mean, you say whatever you want. Gary Patterson is truly one of the best at evaluating and developmental players. And that's like that fired me up. I know Zarnell very well. We've talked about coaching together before. Um, but having a guy like that, you know, guess what? He was a head high school coach. You turn around Kenny Perry. Kenny Perry's been a part of TCU. So he's been a part of Patterson's um, tree. Uh, he was at Kansas. He's been with Bob Stoops. Um, now, you know, he's with Sonny Dykes at SMU and what they were doing. Um, the guy knows he's coached uh, offense and defense at the college level. Guess what? He's a high school coach. He was a head high school coach. So he had to go into places that hadn't won before 
Arlington Bowie, yeah. Arlington Sam Houston, and guess what they won whenever he was there. You know, and so you look at him, Emmett Jones. Emmett Jones has been here. You see NFL wide receivers mm-hmm. that are Texas Tech grads playing in the NFL that Emmett Jones coached. And so he knows what he wants in a receiver. He knows how to develop them. And guess what? He was a Texas high school head coach. <laughs> and so I know there's other people on staff, but those guys, to me, those are three of the guys. And then you take it to the last, and he's our senior member of staff, of the staff. He and I are closer age than me and Zach are. And it's Tim DeRuiter. The guy has played great defense at the Air Force Academy, at Cal, Oregon, A&M. He's been a head coach before. And so getting that guy and having the experience he has developing players. And think about that. He's developed kids that are, that are at Air Force right. and kids that are Oregon, mm-hmm. at Oregon. And so you just look at those guys like that, and I can go to every single one of the staff members. And, and I will tell you this, every single guy that is on this staff from support staff, analysts, GAs, and the on-the-field staff, they all were put in that place for a reason. They all have special talents that why they're here at Texas Tech. You know, you say that, and that makes total sense to me. I can't help but notice whoever the coaching staff is, you know, how these moves are made, how they appear to be made. And Kitley is interesting to me because you mentioned complimentary football. Right. And I want to make sure I understand exactly what you mean by complimentary football. But part of that to me would mean being able to run the ball when you need to. Yeah. Um, And I know that's a question you're probably getting from a lot of people, but also it appears that maybe when it appeared that Kitley was available it may not be exactly what I want to do scheme, but this guy's a rock star. Right. He's the best available, so let's get him. Is that am I am I close, on, or how did that process go? There's definitely you? you're a hundred like there's definitely a thought process like that. Yeah. The thing the the thing, uh, and, and I'm gonna tell you, he had some some really good options. I mean, uh, yeah, really good options. And and one thing that that made me want to to be a part of of Zach Kitley is how bad he wanted to be at Texas Tech. You know, that was really, really extremely important. But where where I love Zach in the, in the interview, um, and I keep saying this, but I'm, I'm just going to tell you, man, I'm never, never going to shy away from it. I listened to ESPN this morning, bash one coach, and, and I understand what they were talking about, but they were – they were really kind of bashing college football, yeah. and I can turn around and bash the NFL just as easy as mm-hmm. uh, college football. And I can tell you this weekend at, at uh, Jerry's World, there's going to be better coaches than there are in the NFL that are going to be coaching in that game, without a doubt. And there's going to be, be- I mean, you know, it, great coaches are great coaches. I don't care what level you're coaching at. I've been around. Um, I, I told Coach Rule one, at one point, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, you'd have a hard time winning an 8-6-A. And I wasn't talking about him particularly, right. but I was talking about, like, I can't believe some of the stuff that I'm a part of right now, and this is supposed to be college football. And it really wasn't yeah. at Baylor. It was just the whole scene yeah. of college football. And, uh, you know, that might piss some people off of whatever. I'm just saying, like, if they – if it does, it's their arrogance. It's not that they don't want to look at it that way. And they can argue the other side of it like I could. But here's the thing that I loved about Zach, going back to Zach, is 
here's a guy that has put up numbers, some serious numbers, at two different places and did it. Of course, he did it with a quarterback, but he did yeah. it in different ways. And so we were sitting down, and I was asking him questions, and I was like, Zach, am I asking you to be somebody you're not? And this and that. He goes, Coach, and this is where I got on my rant right there, because his answer was what I had to do for 23 years. He said, Coach, I want to win. And how we win is we put our best players on the field. So if you want me to be in – 12 personnel, and we have two great tight ends. Guess what? I want to be in 12 personnel. But if we have our very best player and he is a tight end and he is standing next to you just because I want to be in 10 personnel, that is insanity. That's not how you win. And so I felt like that's a guy that could adapt to a roster. That's a guy that is so inventive and on the cutting edge of football. And so him saying that was like, man, this is a no-brainer for me. He wants to be in West Texas. He has an idea of how to recruit West Texas. And then he can adapt to what we're doing. That's what I wanted to be a part of. You just confirmed what I was hoping for Raiderland and Red Raider fans in that. In my humble opinion, I'm not saying I have any answers, but I've observed a lot of coaches of different sports at different levels. And the ability to adapt is yes. the most common thing I see, which leads to success. And coaches that don't have success, they're just get tunnel vision. And it seems like, I mean, you literally just use the word adapt yeah. with Coach Kitley in, in the hire. So that's, I don't know, tech well, fans are going to be glad to hear that. The best, the best all-time, all-time college coach is Nick Saban. And I, you can probably Google it real quick. He's mm -hmm. been talking about it for the last couple of years with different things that have gone on in college football. And he says, you know, if you there's a reason dinosaurs are extinct. You've yep. got to be able to adapt. He says it all the time. And so that's one thing with with Zach. I think he can and will, and, and we're going to put a really good product on the field. Well, not just with him, but I see you doing that in recruiting, and that's a good segue because my fans, or my fans, my customers would get mad if I didn't uh, ask you about recruiting. But obviously, such great success right out of the shoot. Um, everybody talks about recruiting being about relationships. Yep. Obviously, you have a lot of relationships through the state. Can you just kind of – Give the fans out there an idea of just how that's helped you and just, you know, your relationships throughout the state. Well, you know, one of the guys, man, I was really fired up. I told him, man, I got, I almost got emotional whenever Ty Connor uh, uh, came to us. Mm -hmm. And he hadn't been on campus whenever he did. Wow. And so he was going to come, um, and he did. But whenever he had committed to me before, and <clears throat> one of the big reasons he did was because of Gary Joseph. Yeah. Um, it was very important, you know, when there was a coaching change, Ty wanted to stay in. Um, he had different opportunities. And uh, I called Coach Joseph. And I said, look, Coach Joseph, man, you are like, you know, they just got beaten in the state semifinals. And I'm like, I don't even know when this kid could come out of here. And luckily they played on a Friday night, so we were able to get him here on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. But he goes, Joey, I know who you are. So if he can't come on campus – I will make sure his mom and dad know exactly who you are. And so I think he was going to be a Red Raider, no matter how much respect he had for Gary Joseph and the respect that Coach Joseph and I have for each other was a huge help. I've told every one of these kids, I've, told, I've said it, you know, for the five, last five years at Baylor, you know, some of the best relationships these guys have are with their coaches. And I always tell the parents, like, Hey, 
ask your coach what he thinks. Ask your coach, you know, what I'm about. And, you know, I think the majority of them, uh, you know, say good things about us. And so we use that, you know. And, and so it would. I think whenever you go through the recruiting part, I mean, you look at Joseph, our defensive end from Mansfield Summit, he had a phenomenal relationship with Zarnell, but his head coach is a good friend of mine. Okay. And so he FaceTimed me. When Joseph signed, he FaceTimed me. Well, well, coach is right there with him, you know. And so you're sitting there with the guys like that, you know. Of course, you can say the Cedar Hill connection. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did get to coach uh, the, the three older brothers, Jalen people. But, you know, he knows who I am. But Harvey Dyson and Sincere Massey, they weren't in high school whenever I was. In fact, Sincere moved to Cedar Hill, yeah. you know, going into his junior year. But they were also able to ask Coach Lynn, and they were able to ask the coaches, you know, who I, who, you know, exactly who I am. So we're using that. The good thing is we've got some of that definitely on our staff. Recruiting South Dallas, yeah. those coaches can, those players can ask about Emmett Jones and Zarnell and Kenny Perry. And so we're, we definitely want to use that. You mentioned Coach Joseph. That's interesting because in talking with Ty, you know, during the recruiting process when he was committing and everything, he mentioned going to those state championships games state championship matchups between Katie yeah. and Cedar Hill. I actually covered one of them. Yeah. I think the 2012. That, yep. that was one of the years, right? I think I yeah. covered one of those. Um, so that was just, it, he thought it was just far out that he now he's going to be playing for you right. and everything in the connections. And I don't know. I just find that interesting that y'all had those battles and you, I mean, it's not it's not that surprising knowing y'all's reputations, but yeah. uh, that's, that's really neat that y'all have that kind of respect for each other. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those deals that I always tell everybody, when you play Gary Joseph, you're play, he's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, he would disagree with that probably, you know, because I know he uh, hated to lose last week. But, um, mm. I mean, he's, he's something. And so I, the respect that I think we've had for each other really helped. Um, you know, but it's one of those deals. That's a great thing. I try to respect everybody that I, one of my 23 years, really my entire career and, Respect. I really a lot of it is respecting the game. I think that will come across too. Whenever you see our game, our team play, we're going to be very smart. We're going to have a high football IQ, and we're going to respect the game. And then I, I don't necessarily. I, we'll have to see what happens in spring, all that. But everybody wants to know about the quarterback situation, right? So I got to ask you, uh, how do you see the quarterback room right now, and then moving forward in the future? Well, you know, we have a really good, really strong quarterback room. That was one reason that I wasn't, you know, just uh, 100%, hey, let's take a quarterback, whether it be a transfer or whether it be, you know, there, there were, there's probably times out there that it would have been good and it would have been a big splash and, it, you know, definitely um, some special talent out there. But that was not like a 100% need because we have such a talented room. I mean, you have three guys, you know, two that have started and a third that has played that, you know, they're going to battle it out in the spring. And, and I think whenever we come out of it, we'll, we'll be in a really good spot quarterback-wise because all three of them have talent, you know. And what's really good, too, is all three of them, they're going to learn from ground zero in Zach's offense. And so um, – it's going to be one of those even playing fields and the best guy will step up and lead the team. But I feel really good about that spot. You know, it's one of those deals of, you know, you want to create some depth in some other spots, but 
whenever you're looking at skill on offense and you're looking at the quarterback, we're in really good shape. All three of those guys can create time, extra time with their legs. No they doubt. They can throw on the run, which is huge. That's it right now. Is yeah. It, you know, is it not? I mean, you don't see position? very many. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I know there's some probably because you have really good offensive lines that you can draft, um, but there's there's not very many statue quarterbacks anymore, uh, especially you know how the pass rush and, and the way the games changed. Most people that you know want your quarterback to be able to extend uh, the time, extend the pocket, and all three of those guys can. Yeah. And then I just a general question, but it's been what five weeks since you it was announced you were hired. Yeah. Just can you give us just an idea of what, what it's been like for you? I mean, it's got to be like just a mad rush, especially with all the recruiting. It's everything. It, it is a mad rush. You know, it's a never a boring moment, but there's never a time that I don't get excited and uh, and just fired up to get up here as fast as I can. And, and um, it's it is stay that way because that's just kind of how I am by nature. But it, it's been incredible. What's One of the coolest things for me is um, – Probably two nights a week at least, um, I've gone to a different restaurant. Uh, you know, we went last night and ate, and we watched uh, the the two a game, the mm-hmm. seven o'clock game. I told the guys, you know, because a lot of people they either left before to get home to start packing up and move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Zach has a bowl game that he's coaching in, uh, and then there was guys that stayed through signing day, and a lot of them left this morning. I said, hey, let's go somewhere and eat and watch. Uh, high school football i'll watch all of them this mm-hmm. weekend and and man just the people are so excited you know and i don't think i, I know i haven't i hadn't eaten the food here in lubbock is incredible man it's not bad is it? i love to eat and so <laughs> it's been good but the food here in lubbock is incredible but going out and being being a part of the community man everybody's so excited coach joey mcguire starting something really special here in lubbock texas tech football really appreciate your time thank you so much you bet thank you all right, Joey McGuire, man, getting to just kind of behind the scenes, the conversation, and getting to know uh, all about him, who he is. And there's no wonder that there's so much excitement right now among Tech fans, you know, for the for the future of Tech football. Feels good. So, um, yeah, we're we're gonna run a little bit a little bit over today. Uh, you know, we had a lot a lot to get to, and still one thing we haven't even touched upon yet, which we will coming up here is quickly we just uh, discuss. There's kind of a big basketball game tomorrow for Tech, playing Gonzaga, and uh, you know that's just uh, that's huge. So uh, we'll have some final thoughts on that when we return here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1 The Beard, sponsored by Cotton Court Hotel, E Equipment, and Weston Water Well Drilling and Pump Service. All right, so uh, Texas Tech plays uh, tomorrow against Gonzaga. Man, this is like one of the this is one of the games on this year's schedule that everybody had circled. Uh, you know, Gonzaga is clearly <laughs> one of the, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, what you know, first of all. Where do you see, what what the, the game is a CBS game I guess tomorrow yes. at noon is that at right noon, yep okay all right so uh, what uh, you know we're running long today on our show but uh, some thoughts about the game what do you what do you expect to see tomorrow with Tech and Gonzaga uh, I guess Captain Obvious is their one two punch on the inside I mean yeah. uh, Drew Timmy and then Chet Holgren is I mean as good as you're ever going to find honestly in college basketball nowadays I mean Timmy is probably the front runner for the Naismith Award for the best player in the country. And then, uh, you know, Holmgren is probably the top freshman. You know, you have those two guys averaging, you know, double figures in, in scoring. And then, you know, about I think Timmy's at about eight 
Lindgren's at six, and then he averages four blocks. And he's just a – he looks like – this is what Mighty Joe and I, Jaeger on Inside the Rick Raiders and I were talking about this the other day. And he looks like either like a like a white Manu Bowl or Sean Bradley living his best basketball life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if Sean Bradley really had like his birthday kind of game where he went off, right. that's like Holmgren's normal game. Well, and the team just uh, landed in Phoenix this morning. But, uh, you know, my question is, uh, how's Terrence Shannon going to be? He had those back spasms, yeah. did play for two minutes. But, uh, uh, you know, who's going to emerge this year? Adonis Arms was outstanding yeah. the last game, coming off the bench in the, in the win over Arkansas State, had 15 points, and uh, I was real impressed with him. And he's going to – and he was brought in here to do this, and we had him on our show, and he talked about that. But he's going to have to play some point for them, which, I mean, you don't think of – of Adonis Arms as a point. You think of him as a classic wing, mm-hmm. two-way player, you know. And But with Malik Wilson, you know, having some injury problems as well, uh, I, they're going to need him to help because he's one of the only guys who can truly, you know, take care of the ball and distribute the rock. You know, him and uh, Kevin, of course, you know. Right. So, I mean, and those two guys make me nervous because they're not, to me, really point guards. Right, yeah. You know, and. I mean, you know Gonzaga's seen this. They're gonna, and you know all the Big 12 coaches know this. They're gonna, they're gonna press them. They're gonna attack them. They're gonna trap them, and they have to be ready for it. Yeah. So we'll be a big part of every game moving forward. And seeing the these, you know, the emergence of uh, of Daniel Bacho for yes. this team and how much he's playing. Yep. I never at the beginning of the year, I just didn't really think he was gonna be a, a factor really this year. Yeah. But man, he's really. Emerge well, be a guy that's getting a lot of playing time. He should start well. over Bryson Williams. Let's just be honest. Yeah. You know, Bryson Williams looked great against the Cupcakes, and he has looked not so great against the you know the two good teams they played yeah. basically the real teams. So, I mean, who do you want going up against those two towers, those twin towers? I was talking right. about. Do you want Bryson Williams or do you want Bacho down there protecting the rim? I mean, yeah. I, it's pretty obvious to me. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's been one of to me. That's been one of the biggest surprises of the the young season yeah. so far. You know, but. Uh, yeah, so Texas Tech, Gonzaga tomorrow. This, I mean, this is the kind of matchup that you top twenty-five that, that you want. Yeah, this is this is why you you know you love college basketball. So uh, that's tomorrow. Games at noon. It's a CBS game, and uh, we'll see how the Red Raiders stack up against uh, one of the top teams, one of the top programs in the country tomorrow. So. Tech's three and zero all time against them. Wow, I was at the last game in Anaheim. Yeah, uh, Pete, were you? There? I can't remember if you. I didn't make that oh, one. No. Oh, my yeah. bad. I, I remember big. you being there at Final Four, Devin of course. There, yeah. yeah, Devin. Oh yeah. man, I miss Devin. I did too. Devin was awesome. Devin just became uh, another uh, NFL. NFL. He's a National Fatherhood League. He just had his second child. Wow, congratulations, yeah. Devin. Cool. Well, he did. Dude. You know, his wife. Yeah, Maggie. <laughs> he so. contributed he did to the whole thing. He did. He did. He, he did. helped her get he her start. All right. Hey, I was yeah. going to mention Lady Raiders, 7-2, and two, uh, going on the road. Uh, two SEC teams, they're going to the West Palm Invitational. they got Ole Miss Monday, and then Tuesday they see the familiar face of Kim Mulkey. LSU's already wow. in the top 25. Uh, they play them Tuesday, so two big games before they come back and, and get ready for Big 12 Does play. Kim Mulkey, I'm not a kind of dude who's scared, you know, even by, like, intimidating people, but she kind of scares me. I kind of fear her. The look on her face, she's got that deep sunken yes. eye face, you know, like where she'll take your soul or something. You're right, like, oh. yes, like you look at her wrong, make eye contact. I'm afraid of her. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. All right, that's the show today. Thanks for uh, checking it out. We will uh, we will be here next Friday, even though we're heading into the holiday seasons now. It'll be Christmas Eve, but uh, we'll still be here uh, because, you know, there's a bowl game to uh, get ready for that'll be happening on the 28th. So I uh, hope you'll uh, join us then. It's been the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on 101.1.